0: My name's Jackie, for those who don't know. I've been blessed with coming to New Life Community Church for two years. It doesn't feel like two years. It feels like a lifetime. I'm widowed. I have two daughters and son-in-laws, and two beautiful grandchildren. My background is nursing, midwifery, education, And social work so you can see as I say the word it comes out quite a bit in what I do I have the privilege of working in palliative care in a hospice at home team who are amazing can we just have the slide Joe the first one so do you recognize the picture You are allowed to speak to me as well. Clark Clark Kent, thank you. Can you do the next picture? There we go. Now, is Joel still here? So, Joel, when I came to that Taskmaster's, I had my little (laughs) Superman badge on, just for fun, and I think it got missed, so I had to put it up again. Superman, he's quiet, meek reporter in his daily job. He just goes about things. Now, some of you might not even know Superman because I am a little bit old. So, uh, but I remember having to sit through Superman because my brother. He doesn't show his powers to those around him, but he keeps them hidden until he's needed as Superman. Superman and suddenly, he rips off his shirt, and there underneath is his Superman outfit, even with his pants on top. He did good when others were trying to do harm, and he respected the world around him. Of course, Superman is fictitious, so I'm sorry to dull your dreams, but he saved a lot of people. So if we think about the fruits of the Spirit, what do you think I'm talking about this morning? (laughs) They always want to say, don't they, these elders? Come on, Pete, I'm I'm looking to you because you normally get the answers for me. Go through the fruits of the Spirit yourself. Oh, was it? Oh, come on. See? Last week they let me down when I was anchoring, and now this week they put it up on the screen. Okay. So gentleness. Okay. So what I say is gentleness equals greatness. Now you'll see where I'm going with this as I unfold the preach. But I'm going to start with looking at the definition, the meaning and the characteristics of gentleness, followed by examples of gentleness in the Bible, only some of them, so it's okay we won't be here at tea time. And then how we can demonstrate gentleness towards each other and those around us, and about having a choice in gentleness. So for those who like three points, they're vaguely my three points. But I will sort of wander a little bit. And John's on my side with that because uh, it's easy to wander. So the definition of gentleness. Gentleness is gentle plus ness. It's a noun that means the quality of being kind And tender someone who is gentle wants to help others even when they've done wrong there's a danger that it can get confused with weakness but having the gift of gentleness is a quality and strength hence the title gentleness equals greatness the word meek is the Greek word paros, which means gentle. The positive moral quality of dealing with people in a kind manner, with humility and consideration. That's what it says in the Strong's Concordance. When Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit, he's referring to the fruit that comes from the Spirit of God when we follow Jesus and believe in the power of what he did on the cross for us god fills us with the holy spirit as we've heard this morning so let's remind ourselves in galatians 5:22 to 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In the fruits of the Holy Spirit, gentleness means non-violence. A disposition that is even-tempered, tranquil, balanced in spirit, unpretentious, and that has the passions under control. The word is best translated as meekness, not as an indication of weakness, but of power and strength under control. Throughout the Bible, we see Jesus displaying gentleness. But we wouldn't consider Jesus as being meek or weak, but we would consider him as gentle. We can easily get caught up in how those around us see gentleness and meekness and not consider the true meaning. If we're saved, the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Being gentle and quiet in spirit means being obedient to God and his word. If we're seeking the Lord, above all else, our spirits will become gentler and quieter, keeping peace with everyone And we will become more and more beautiful in God's sight. We will be people who overflow with gentleness. Now, if only that was easy, it'd be great, wouldn't it? But I don't know about anybody else, I struggle on days to be gentle. My children will tell you. So we've looked at the definitions and we've looked at the meaning of gentleness. What are the qualities and characteristics of gentleness? Well, being kind, being tender, mild-mannered, compassionate, considerate, courteous, polite, thoughtful, and soothing to be around. Someone who is good at listening. They're patient, and they're considerate. They're slow to anger. Do you see yourself in these words? Perhaps on a good day? To be gentle means showing love and care for others in how we act and speak. This shows a gentle spirit or nature about you, about me. Someone who recognizes and acknowledges others' weaknesses and limitations. A gentle person will speak truth, sometimes even painful truth, but in doing so, needs to guard their tongue and their tone and the way they speak. So the truth will be received. When I was sitting at my desk preparing this message, God gave me a fresh revelation of Himself. As I started to make a list of characteristics, I realized just how much God's gentleness had touched me over the last year. His gentleness had been so evident whilst I've been facing some difficult things in life and as I sat I became overwhelmed with his love and his presence in the room with me he then started showing me situations where I had shown gentleness to others I sat in tears as I had a glimpse of the beauty of my father, my father who's always there and never leaves me. He was right with me in the room, and his gentleness displays greatness, not meekness and not weakness. The Bible's full of examples of gentleness, or could it be greatness? God wants us to be gentle to others. Matthew 6:14 to 15 says, "If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins." I don't know about you, but I find it particularly hard if someone speaks unkindly towards me or accuses me of something I have not done. It hurts. But I know I need to forgive them quickly, otherwise it festers and it just grows. In my natural nature, I would walk away and keep my distance as I don't like confrontation. I'm someone who reflects on situations and tries to try and understand why they've been like that and show love to them. But it's not easy. A gentle heart comes from having love for others not holding on to grudges or resentment towards others. We can stop others growing and moving into what God has for them if we hold things against them. How would we feel if God was not a God of forgiveness, if he behaved in a way that we sometimes do? In Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says... A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And in Proverbs fifteen, four it says a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. I looked up the word perverseness because sometimes I read something and I think, but what does that actually mean? And it means unreasonable, irrational, irrationality, readiness to show annoyance and impatience. I think sometimes I'm guilty of that. It is hard when a friend or colleague lashes out. Good words are like a tree, that continually brings life from its shade and bears much fruit. As a church family, we have the power to do good by speaking gently and kindly to one another. It should be a place of harmony, care, and love. A place where people want to come and belong. A paradise island where others would wait to want to live with us and be part of us. The difficulty is the power of our words can also be harmful and destructive when spoken harshly or unkindly. Sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. We may be having a bad day. We may be keen to get our point across in a conversation. We may be jealous of someone, even angry. We get frustrated, and before we know it, we've spoken unkindly to them. Being unreasonable or thinking unkindly thoughts, which is also wrong. We need to watch our relationships and interactions with each other. And remember gentleness equals greatness. Jesus describes himself as gentle and lowly in heart. In Matthew eleven, twenty eight to twenty nine it says Then Jesus said Come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here, Jesus is inviting those who are tired and weary to come to him, Some are tired because they've been working so hard. Some are exhausted because they've been doing it in their own strength. It doesn't matter which. What Jesus is saying is come to Him. He will give relief, rest, and refresh our souls. He's not saying to stop working. But what he's saying is he will sustain us. He will show us how to work effectively. Then he says about taking his yoke. And many of you will know this is the equipment that farmers use to join two animals, such as oxen, together so that they can share the load, share the weight so that they're more effective in carrying the load. Jesus wants us to share that load with him. He will teach, he will train, he will guide, and he will equip us. We will find rest and refreshment in him if we partner with him and let him show us the way to go about things. His desire is for us to mirror his gentleness. We will never be as great as him, but we can try to become gentler. Psalm 23 is the most famous psalm probably in the Bible. It gives us a lovely picture of how God is so gentle with us. He makes me lie down In green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Just think about those words. It describes how shepherds take their sheep to green pastures where there's quiet waters. It also says that Jesus guides the sheep, meaning us. Paths of righteousness. This means that when we follow Jesus, he will lead us to do what is right. A shepherd guides sheep to a safe place to eat and drink. The sheep completely trust the shepherd. We should be trusting God to lead us and show us how to live in righteousness to do what is right. God cares for us and disciplines us to enable us to grow and develop in maturity. He is our Heavenly Father who loves us tenderly. In the Old Testament, there's more about a shepherd. In Isaiah forty eleven, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart, he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And this is another example of the shepherd's gentleness. We can picture that soft touch, that calm reassurance, and those arms holding us and a loving hand. When I think about the shepherd, it reminded me of when I had my children. I held them as babies in my arms like the shepherd, close to my heart, and cannot describe that overwhelming sense of love, unbelief that God had created such beautiful babies. I felt their vulnerability and knew they were totally dependent on my husband and I, to provide all their needs. I kept them close. I held them tight, nurturing and watching them develop and grow, just like the shepherd protecting his sheep and lambs. If I can feel like that, I'm amazed when I think about how Jesus feels about us. He holds us in his arms, close to his heart. I sometimes pray to him to hear God's heartbeat as I want to be in beat with him. You may think that's silly, but I'm needing help and peace, and I look to him to hold me as I know he is my refuge and fortress. His voice speaks to me in gentleness. And holding me in his arms, I feel his greatness. Another example of gentleness in the Bible is John 8, 1-11. In the Old Testament law, it said that a man or woman who gave their love and attention to someone who was not their wife or husband should be stoned to death. And in those scriptures, the Pharisees brought the woman to Jesus who had sinned in that way. They put her in front of the crowd and announced that she'd been caught with someone else's husband. How do you think she felt standing in front of that crowd Knowing what she'd done. Embarrassed, frightened by the law, she knew she deserved to be killed. What was worse, it was likely to be a slow death being stoned. She thought she was going to die. So not only was she going to die, but she was embarrassed because she knew what was being spoken. The Pharisees wanted to try and trap Jesus so they would have a reason to accuse him of wrongdoing. Instead of telling them to stone her, Jesus began writing on the ground in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. Maybe he was writing the words forgive. Maybe he was writing the words of those around him who had sinned. Or when I was speaking to Tim, Tim said he could have just been playing with the sand, thinking what to do or waiting for her to say something. What Jesus did say is if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. People began to leave, one by one. The older men left first, and then the others. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left. So just try and imagine that scene. She's here. And Jesus is there, nobody else in the room. How would you have felt? The woman knew she'd sinned. She knew the cost. She knew the penalty of her sin. And she was going to be stoned to death, or so she thought. However, Jesus looked up again and said to her, where did they all go? Did no one judge you guilty? She answered, No one, sir. And then Jesus said, I don't judge you either. You can go now, but don't sin again. So after everyone walked away, Jesus could have gone along with the religious leaders and the law and said how bad the woman's sin was. He could have thrown a stone. He could have stoned her to death. But Jesus responded with gentleness towards the woman. He pointed out that everyone was guilty of sinning. The woman was no different from anyone else. What does this tell us? According to the law of God, the woman should have died. But Jesus showed she didn't have to be punished at that time. What she needed to know was Jesus in her life. And instead, he forgives her, but is firm about not doing it again. Jesus didn't worry what the Pharisees would do or say. We can follow Jesus' example by gently correcting those who do wrong and giving the opportunity to stop their sin. Once again, we see God's gentleness. As his greatness. In Isaiah forty two, three it says, He will not crush the weakest reed or put out the flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. Some translations say a bruised reed or snuff out a smouldering wick. We have days where we feel bruised and broken. But God doesn't punish us. We may choose to punish ourselves. He comes along beside us. And if we let him, he bandages us up. He binds us back together, holds us, gives us comfort. So that we will be strong again. And if he finds us as a barely flickering flame, he's more likely to fan that flame. Back into a radiant flame instead of snuffing it out, and we can count on him acting this way, until he brings justice through to glory. Remember his gentleness and his greatness. There's so many stories of gentleness of Jesus in the Bible. you only need to look at the Gospels. They reflect the greatest examples of the gentleness of Jesus he constantly demonstrates a softness of heart towards others. When he encountered the sick, the oppressed, the poor, the outcasts. His gentleness when he healed the man at the pool in Bethsaida in John 5. The woman who bled for 12 years in Luke 8. And when Jesus helped a leper in Mark 1. He continually shows his kindness towards others in his teaching to the disciples. He wanted them to realize the importance of kindness and gentleness towards others. In sharing the good news of the gospel, we are to do so with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter three fifteen to 16 says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak about you, they will be ashamed when they see a good life you live because you belong to Christ. My house has been up on the market at present. And I've been waiting on God just to show me what he wants me to do. When talking to friends, they ask, how long am I going to leave it on the market? I explain, that's up to God. He's got the perfect plan. And my hope is in him. That I don't need to be anxious. I don't need to be in a hurry. Because after all, it's not me selling the house. It's God who's choosing to do it or not do it. And if it's right, he'll provide the right buyer and he'll make his plan known to me. At the right time, which is God's time. So let's just move on to how we can demonstrate gentleness towards each other and to those around us. We can be patient when listening to each other. Remember Ephesians 4.2 says, be patient with each other, making allowances for others' faults because of your love. I know that when I'm tired, I'm less patient. And a strategy I've learned is not to comment or react in my flesh. I step back and ponder what's been said I am a bit of a ponderer if it keeps happening I keep going back to God to say show me how to respond to this in the future so that then I'm seeking what God wants me to respond and how he wants me to respond and not me responding in my flesh because sometimes that's not nice We can always try and act with sensitivity. Be tender, kind, loving. This is difficult when you feel you're being accused of something that is unjust. But remember, there's times when it's right to speak truth as well. Sometimes even when it's painful. But in doing so, we need to speak it gently. We need to guard our tongues and our tone and the way we speak so that the truth will be received. If a conversation is becoming intense and someone is becoming insistent that their point of view is correct, just speak gently. Acknowledge their point of view. Empathize with them. Try to understand why they feel that way. But don't start behaving in the same manner, because that's not How God wants us to behave. Another way is to be considerate of others, their feelings, and their needs. Take time to listen to them, what is going on for them. Stand with them. Help them work through their feelings as much as you are able, or suggest they speak with someone who can support them. We need to be respectful to others. We all deserve to have our opinions. It is important that we can share and be open and honest. But we need to be careful how we share. Remember, gentleness is greatness. Look for peace, a difficult neighbor who is unhappy with something. Try to clarify what it is he's unhappy about and why. And how can you meet halfway? Try and compromise. Be someone who exhibits a calm presence. With my job, I'm never sure of what I'm gonna walk into. And it's important that I remain calm, even if I don't feel it inside. Because I need to be able to help others and create a calm atmosphere sometimes just by bending down and being on the same level as the person that I'm speaking with, listening to them, acknowledging their fears, their worries, just holding their hands in that moment, giving them reassurance where possible is so important. Try to listen more and speak less. I was always taught that if you're thinking what to say or reply before the person's finished talking, you're not listening. And it's a good thing to just practice because I realized I had a lot to learn about listening. We can speak to and treat others as we'd like to be treated. Be aware of your voice level the type of words you're using, your body language, your attitude. It's never helpful or nice to accuse somebody of something because that's what you're feeling. We're responsible for how we feel and we need to look at why. We should be humble, meek, unassuming. In other words, Go about things quietly as you serve and care for others. So is there a a being gentle? Is it a choice? You can choose to be gentle. It's helped by being in the right environment, surrounded by the right people who help us to thrive. When we start and trust and believe in ourselves, That's when gentleness is outworked. Gentleness is a choice. Sometimes it's a brave one. Remember, it's not a weakness. And in choosing gentleness and respecting it, we're boldly accessing our true strengths and qualities. Remember, it's okay to take a firm stand and yet still respond with gentleness. So, just going to come to the conclusion, you'll be glad to know. Whilst preparing for today, it's shown me just how amazing God's gentleness and greatness is. He is a father who tends to our needs. He hears our cries and he listens to us and shows us acceptance. He's so gentle with us When we need forgiveness, we go to him and we ask. We don't have to beg or convince him to forgive us with his unconditional love. He expects us to follow his examples of forgiveness and behave with gentleness. God doesn't count the number of times we get it wrong and doesn't give up on us because he's a God of gentleness and greatness. Remember, the best ways of teaching gentleness is to model it by our actions and how we treat each other. When you're upset or frustrated, stop, think, and respond gently. I remember going away for a night, and my daughter invited some friends around the house. The problem was that the friends then invited other friends and before she realized it, there was a lot of people in the house who she did not know. When we came home the next morning, I could tell something was not quite right. She was behaving oddly. She couldn't look me in the eye, and we had always have had a very open relationship. I just waited, and then she owned up. She described how frightened she was as she felt out of control at what was happening. I listened to her. I felt her pain and fear. I could tell she was disappointed with herself. I didn't need to say anything. She was so upset and embarrassed with herself. I just hugged her, told her I loved her, and talked about how I was proud of her, that she'd been honest and told us what happened. I feel with God at times when I go to him and talk about what has happened and how I need his help in my situation, particularly when I've perhaps not done things as well as I could have done. God listens and he hears me. He knows my heart is not to do wrong and shows me his gentleness and greatness, how much he still loves me and how to correct things. Do you know, the most humbling way to find out how gentle you are is to ask somebody. Maybe ask somebody you find difficult and get frustrated by. Listen to what they have to say. Reflect on it. Then ask God to help you produce and demonstrate the fruit of gentleness in your life. Please, could the worship group just come up? To finish, I just want to share the reason why I gave this preach the title of Gentleness Equals Greatness. By studying God's gentleness, it spoke to me about the qualities and characteristics of his greatness. Jesus showed the courage and the right determination to stand his ground in situations such as the woman who cheated on her husband. He did not conform to the ways and traps of the Pharisees. He did not fear what others would think. He knew how to stand, even if he was in danger of being despised. It was more important to him to show that gentleness. That is not someone who's weak or meek. It's someone who is great. Remember, he calls us to come to him, all who are weary and thirsty, to take his yoke, to distribute that load. He holds us close in his arms, next to his heartbeat, because he cares so much. How great is that? When we feel bruised and broken, he bandages the wounds and fans the flickering flame back into life. Brings justice to those who've been wronged. How great is that? Whilst Jesus was on earth, he demonstrated gentleness by showing kindness, compassion, tenderness, thoughtfulness, love, and so, so much more. We see such an awesome power at work in Jesus' actions, in how he outworks gentleness with humility. How great is that? That is why I called my preach Gentleness equals greatness, because God is great. As we go into a time of worship again, if you know you find it hard in some situations to show gentleness, maybe in your family, maybe in the workplace, maybe neighbors, friends, maybe even in church, I'd encourage you to just come forward for prayer. It may be you're tired and weary and want a refreshing of gentleness in your life. Come and have prayer. Tim, Jill, John, myself, we'd love to pray for you. Remember, gentleness is not a weakness.